Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So it's a motive check as well as an action check. And so lots of things are going to be there when you get there. You're going to look into the eyes of Jesus, and you don't have any fear because you're already in heaven. Nothing's going to separate. He loves you. But you're going to be judged. Here's the way I put it. I want you to write this down. I'm going to be judged. You're going to be judged by the gap between God's potential for us and our actual performance. One of the hard things for people to grasp is that God's primary concern is why we do things, not what. Jesus warned of those who did things in his name, but he said he never knew them. The challenge for us is to pursue God first, to ask him what we should be doing, and then do that thing, whatever it is, to the best of our ability. Pastor Mark is teaching the importance of serving God for his glory, not to credit our account, as it were. Once we understand and embrace the idea that we can't do anything to make us more saved, that takes the pressure off of us and allows us to just serve God and others. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 3 with part 3 of his message, JSCs. If I'm a believer, I didn't get here because I'm good enough. I got here because of God's grace. And as I got here, it's because I'm forgiven. Now, you don't have to necessarily write it, but I want you to follow it with me. Here's the judgment seat of Christ. Now, who's going to believe there? Who's going to be there? Only believers. Only people who accepted Jesus. Who's going to be there? Just Calvary Chapel people. All the rest of the world. Give me a break. Anybody that's a believer... Full-on believer in Jesus Christ. What's going to happen there? Salvation is already complete. This judgment is going to happen in heaven. You're already in heaven. So it has nothing to do with salvation. You're already there. Is it clear? Okay, I got to this judgment because I'm a believer. It happens in heaven. I'm already, it has nothing to do with my salvation. My salvation is a gift. Now, what's going to be judged there? There's going to be different degrees of rewards. How I did as an investor. So there's going to be different degrees of rewards. Some loss or some gain. You'll see that in a moment. What is the final outcome? Heaven. Final outcome is heaven. By the way, shouldn't be too confusing because you're already in heaven. All right. Now, let's look at that verse again. You have it right in front of you. For we must appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one, every Christian, may receive what is due him for the things 
Done. D-O-N-E. Done. Actions. While here, done while in the body. Let me ask you a question. How much time did you spend in your body yesterday? That's a good question. How much time did you spend? Out of 24 hours yesterday, how much did you spend in your body? 24 hours. Uh, This next week, during the next seven days, how much time will you spend in your body? 24 hours. So what am I going to be judged by? Some people think this. Well, I'm going to be judged if I've I've been to first service four weeks in a row. Thank you. Glad to have you. But uh, is, that, is that what you're going to be? No, we're going to. How many times have you heard me say this? When you come to Christ, it's not an event. It's a lifestyle. So at this judgment, by the way, the judge here at both of them is Jesus. So I'm going to give a response to Jesus for how I live my life 24-7. Not just my, like, secular life has nothing to do with Christianity. It's only my Christian time. No, no, no. There's no such thing as secular. My life is going to be judged by work, play, home, church. It's who I am. And notice this verse, because some of you are going to think, well, is that everybody? Yes. In Romans chapter 14, notice what it says. So then, speaking to Christians, each one of us, will give an account to God. So it isn't like you're looking out here and go, well, that's like for the pastors or the elders. No, 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 no. Each one of us. What did I have you turn to your neighbor and say? Two appointments. Two appointments. Remember? One's death. Nobody's going to escape that. And nobody's going to escape one of these two judgments. Now, as a Christian, when we hear the word judgment, don't go like this. <laughs> No, this should actually be an excitement because, I mean, God knows we're not perfect. When you get there, you're not looking for 100%. Paul says, I haven't arrived. In fact, Jesus, the, the Bible says, we're, God knows we're dirt. <laughs> Don't you know you're dirt? And what does that mean? I, I failed. Anybody here fail? How many fail often? Let me see your hand. Yeah, so don't be like, well, I don't want to be at the judge. It's going to be horrible. <laughs> Nothing left. No, Paul says, the reason I got zealous, because I want you to understand, just put God first as often as you can and do it because you have passion and you love it, and this judgment's going to be a blast. And that's why I'm saying to you, don't look at it as bad. Our sins have already been judged. It's just going to be a great thing. By the way, when you stand before God, No excuses, nothing hidden. I'm not going to answer for you, and you're not going to answer for me. Now, look at that verse again, whether good or bad. So what does that mean? Well, I don't have time, but you can do this as homework, 1 Corinthians 3. If you'll just look there, you'll discover that God is not only going to look at the quantity of things we did with our time and our talents and giving of our tithes and offerings and using our gifts, but he's going to look at our motives. And 1 Corinthians 3 says, many of the things we do, 
Some of you, for instance, tithe because you have to. God says thanks for the money, but really, you're, that's, you're, there's no reward for that. And here's what you want to write. You, you'll see how clear this is. Final rewards will be based on outward service and inward motives. You see, sometimes all we're interested in is the outward. No, no, no. God looks at our hearts. So if you leave here today and going, okay, I'm going to have to put God first. I'm going to need my time. I guess I better start tithing. Man, oh, man, just have this stupid thing. Give, give the money. Forget. I don't know how in the world it's going to work, but I'll just do it. Okay, I got a gift. I'll get out in the parking lot. Park the car. Turn to the left. Get over here. Hallelujah. People will really want to drive down your lane. You say, well, I'm serving. What's the big deal? It's the motive. It's the motive. You say, well, I can kind of pull it over on some people. Yeah, but not the all-knowing judge. So if my motive's wrong, all those rewards are wiped away. So it's a motive check as well as an action check. And so lots of things are going to be there when you get there. You're going to look into the eyes of Jesus, and you don't have any fear because you're already in heaven. Nothing's going to separate. He loves you. But you're going to be judged. Here's the way I put it. I want you to write this down. I'm going to be judged. You're going to be judged by the gap between God's potential for us and our actual performance. God gifted you different than me. I'm going to be responsible for my performance, attitude, action. Not for you, for me. So when I stand there, by the way, you're not going to stand there as a group. If I could stand there as a group, I'd put the disciples in front of me. I'd put Paul in front of me. I'd put Billy Graham in front of me. I'd have all these guys out there and say, you haven't seen me, Jesus? Okay, we all go in together. Thank you very much. It doesn't work that way. I'm going to be there, and I'm going to be judged by Jesus by the gap between what he knew I could do through the power of the Spirit in all those areas, how I used my time, and what I really did. So that's why there's different degrees of reward. You see, our life today does affect our life tomorrow. The decisions we make today do turn around and make us tomorrow. So Paul says, I want you to understand that you can reduce the gap. You can get it this morning. May all of our eyes be open to simply putting God first and allowing all those things in our life, our time, our possessions, our giftings, to just flow naturally and supernaturally around God. Let me ask you a couple of questions, and then we'll show how to reduce the gap in our life. Are you contributing by using your gift this morning? This is just general for all of us. The spiritual gifts you have. Are you serving somewhere? Are you serving anywhere? Oh, Pastor Mark, I don't have time to serve. Okay, no. Do you think that will come up? <laughs> sure, if I love God, I serve God. Well, sure, it's going to come up. Well, God, you know, I didn't really have the time. No, let's talk about that. I don't think so. The all-knowing God you're going to get into the debate with? I think not. And you're going to see the awe of God later. 
Don't kid yourself. Are you contributing? You know, I have no idea who gives. Are you giving of your tithes and offerings? I have no idea who gives. God does. Your possessions, are you generous in all those things? Are you contributing? Are you serving with zeal and joy and passion? Am I making the most opportunity in my time to serve God? When I was challenged about praying for an unbeliever so I could have an opportunity maybe even just begin to dialogue with him and share with him, did I even do it or did I never think about it again? Well, Pastor Mark, that has nothing to do with this judgment. Oh, it has everything to do with this judgment. You say, well, why are you telling me this? Look at me. The pastors and elders of this church, here's what we want. Every person that I'm talking to right now, I want to see you at this judgment, number one. I don't want to see any of you at this judgment. I want every one of you, all the pastors and elders, want you here. That's our heart's desire. But I don't just want you here. I want you here so every single one of you can say from God, well done. Good and perfect servant? No, none of us. Well done, good and faithful servant. That's why I'm here. That's why Paul was teaching. God, open our eyes to see. See, you can't be here and say, when you got here, hey, no, nobody told me this was coming. I told you. Well, I don't believe the forecast. I told you. Believe me. They're both coming. And you're doing so good. Paul said in that verse 16, now now don't go backwards. Keep going forward. Have passion and do it because you love God. Do it that way. Now let me show you three ways that we can close the gap, all of us, quickly. Number one, close the gap by live by faith. Look at 2 Corinthians. You're right there. Look at verse 7. Paul says, so we live by faith, not by sight. The Bible tells us that God is only pleased with us when we live by faith. So, Pastor Mark, do you know that this judgment seat is coming? Do you know that there's really a heaven or hell? Have you ever seen any of this? No, I haven't. But I know it because faith is simply believing that what God said is true. So it is going to happen. So put God in the center of your life and live by faith. You don't live by sight. That doesn't mean we blow our brains out, but it means that I just simply believe the things that I can't understand. God's just asking for obedience. We have to live by faith. Believe that God will make you and me a wise investor. Close the gap. Use those gifts. Now look at verse 9. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. So number two, here's how you close the gap. Aim to please God in everything you do. Now, you'll never achieve it, but aim to do that. Please God by trusting him with your whole life. Please God by using those resources that he's given you to expand the kingdom of God. He's pleased with that. He's pleased when we become like Jesus. And maybe the third one will surprise you. Look at verse 11. You're right there. Look at verse 11. Paul says, Since then, since we know we're going to be judged, we know what it is to fear the Lord. And that fear there is the word basically awe and respect. 
And because of that, Paul says this, we try to persuade men. Write this down. Number three, close the gap. Be bold and share the good news. See, knowing that you and I are going to be accountable to God should motivate us, because of awe and respect, to simply do what God asks us to do. And the bottom line of Paul is, since I know there is death coming, he wrote it, since I know there's judgment coming in one of two, I try to persuade men. Now, you can take that two ways. I gave you the gospel. I try to persuade unsaved people to accept Jesus Christ. See, Paul wasn't ashamed of the gospel. When you and I land here, it's just because of the grace of God. Somebody shared it with us. So Paul says, knowing that we're going to be at one of these two, he says, I try to persuade men. I don't force them. I don't coerce them. I don't put them in the corner. I don't condemn them. But I look for an opening. Because they're going to be at one of these two. And then they're going to be at one of the two outcomes forever. So I persuade them. I look for opportunities. I have the heart of God. Or I persuade men. That's what I'm doing this morning. For those of you that are believers, I'm trying to persuade you that this is going to happen to you. You should be excited about it. You should let it affect your life because you're going to be there. Don't be discouraged about it. Say, well, maybe you're finally getting it today. Good. Go forward now. Beautiful. But I'm here to persuade you to understand you're going to be there. For those of you that are unbelievers here, have never accepted Christ, for those of you that have backslid, I'm trying to persuade you to get your life right with God because you don't want to be at this one. So Paul says, I have awe and respect for eternity. I have awe and respect that everyone's going to live somewhere forever. Because of that, I want to close those gaps. Now, turn with me to Revelation 20, and let's talk just for a moment about this judgment, this judgment, Revelation 20. Now, when you're turning there, I want to just say this to you. Don't give up looking for an opportunity, praying and sharing with your loved ones, your neighbors, your coworkers. Like me, you have people that you've shared with, and you've shared numbers of times, and they blew you off. Well, just pray for another opening. Don't be discouraged. Keep looking for an opening. Be excited. Ask God to open a door, because we don't want anyone to be here. Jesus didn't want anybody here. His will is none perish. So I know what God's will is, but that person has to make that decision himself. Look at Revelation 20, verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne. So this is the other judgment coming, great white throne judgment. And him who was seated on it, Jesus, earth and sky fled from his presence. There was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small. These are the unbelievers. Doesn't matter what you're, you could have been the king of a country, or you could be a person that had no status at all. Great and small, standing before the throne, and notice two books. And the books are open. And another book was open. The first book, all the books, are the works that they did. So there's going to be degrees 
of punishment. But then there's another book. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the book. So let's look at this throne. This is the judgment, great white throne. Here's who's going to be there. All unbelievers. All unbelievers. And there's going to be different degrees of punishment. They're there. They have no chance to change the outcome. Their final outcome, you'll see in a moment, is hell. The lake of fire, separated from God forever. So when they die, they will eventually be at this. When a Christian dies, they will eventually be at this one. The outcome of the judgment seat of Christ is heaven. Different degrees of reward. The outcome here, hell. Different degrees of punishment. Now, you say, well, different degrees of punishment. Well, that's okay. No, no, no. The, the outcome is still hell. Separation from God forever. Why? They never took care of their sin problem. God didn't want them there. He doesn't want anybody there. So when you think about that, you say, well, how did they get there? They willingly and knowingly turned their back on God. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. Now, I want you to go to verse 15, right chapter. You're there. Watch this. Remember the the different books, a group of books on how they did life, but then the one book is the, the book of life, not the book of death, the book of life. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. So everyone that's at this judgment is there because while, listen, while they were living, they never accepted Jesus Christ personally. And because of that, their name never got into the book of life. Now be careful. There's a lot of people that are going to get to this judgment and be very surprised because they said, well, Man, I went to church. What's the big deal? The big deal is going to church doesn't make you a Christian. Well, I took communion. I was water baptized. So? See, one day Jesus said to people that listed all their pedigrees spiritually, and he said this, I never knew you. It's not an event. It's a real change. It's a lifestyle. And because it wasn't, those people, he says, depart from me. You don't want to be surprised at that. Well, how does a person get their name in the book of life? Very simple. It's simply this. You repent of your sins. The reason you get there is you've never taken care of your sins. Jesus has already taken care of them. You have to say, I'm a sinner, and I know it, and I know it separates from God, and God, I want you to change me. Then you have to believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins and rose again. That's the gospel. And then you simply ask him to come into your life, and he does through the person of the Holy Spirit. And we begin this thing by being a Christ follower. Well, today we learned more about that gap and how we can narrow it. Pastor Mark also taught about the two upcoming judgments, how everyone will have to appear at one or the other. The great white throne judgment, where people will be banished to hell, and the believer's judgment, where we'll be judged for our work on behalf of the kingdom of God and rewarded accordingly. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. 
We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This finishes the message, JSCs. Next time, Pastor Mark will begin the teaching, Role Models. He will speak about the goal of Christianity, which is to become a mature Christ follower. He'll be using Paul's encouragement to the Philippian church to imitate him, as Paul himself sought to imitate Jesus. This should be an enlightening and challenging message. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.